Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Obviously, that's, that's great for him. Um, you know, I, I don't think nobody's going to say no to 340. Um, but, you know, obviously, he's he's still young. Um, he's he's one of the the best guys out there. Um, you know, obviously, he was smart about it. Um, but I, I really don't – I don't compare my 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 career with, with other shortstop or other teams. I mean, other players. I know there's a lot of them, you know, that are going to be free agent this year. But, you know, I play, I play my game, and you know, I let, I just, I just let my game talk. But, you know, obviously, I'm, I'm, I'm grateful for, for, for Tatis and, and his contract. Welcome back to Inside the Clubhouse here on Chicago Sports Radio 670. The Score broadcasting live for the Hyundai Score Studios, brought to you by your local Hyundai dealers with Bruce Levine. I am David Haw here until 1045 this morning, and then it is DePaul basketball and Zach Zaidman after us. That was the voice coming in from Javi Baez, who was asked uh, this week, and yesterday he spoke at length about a lot of things, but that question was in, in reference to Fernando Tatis Jr., the fine Padres shortstop who signed a $340 million 14-year contract and Javi addressed how it affects him and other shortstops in a very loaded shortstop market, Mm -hmm. Bruce. And I don't know if it does. I think they're very different. When you look at Javi, he's 28 years old, but it does remind you, if nothing else, just how expensive shortstops are these days and and what the Cubs may have to uh, think about investing to keep him. Well, I mean, look at the shortstop market here. Now, when he says grateful, you know, I just that just stopped me in my tracks because uh, uh, both uh, him, Francisco Lindor, uh, Story with Colorado, Correa with Houston, and uh, Seager with the Dodgers all should uh, get together and send him a very nice uh, gift because <laughs> if a 22-year-old guy, okay, 22 years old is Fernando Tatis, sky is the limit already projected as one of the top three or four players in the game at age 22, who hasn't played 150 games yet, David. Not 150 games in the major leagues. Gets $340 million for the next 14 years. What do you think the agents for Baez, Lindor, Seager, Correa, and uh, Story are thinking about when they have all-star shortstops on the open market in, in November of 2021. If it's well, not $35 million a year, what is it? That, that, that's, a, that's a good point, Bruce, but I do think that the Padres, you could spin it and say that is also a very good investment. It's a sound investment if you trust your projections people and if you trust Fernando Tatis's 
ability to develop because when you look at baseball inflation over the course of that 14-year contract, at some point in time, you know that is going to be what he is producing and what he is earning. That disparity is going to be very interesting to see how that evolves. But I, I, I'm with you. That's a lot of money for, for a player that's <laughs> it just not makes me much. laugh, David. David, it makes me laugh because certainly he's getting paid up front, okay? In sports and in life, uh, you know, we, we normally get paid for uh, what, what is expected, but you have to have a resume of, uh, you know, that before your bosses give you a 14-year contract. We know he's an exceptional talent, but I'm just looking at the marketplace, David, and I'm mm-hmm. saying you have some of the best shortstops in the last 25 years that are going to be free agents uh, this offseason. And when their agents go to sit down with those clubs, uh, what, what will you, where would you start first if these guys are coming off of good years other than saying, well, Tatis is worth $35 million a year. Um, what, what do you think Javier Baez is worth? Or what do you think Francisco Lindor is worth? How much are you going to pay uh, Trevor Story? I mean, it's going to be fascinating to sit down to hear this uh, in the same year that a CBA is also going to be uh, talked about at length, and we might have a work stoppage for the first time in baseball uh, in 27 or 28 years because of uh, the uh, but, two ends not really seeing eye to eye in anything. It, it's going to be, it's going to be really interesting, intriguing it, to watch this shortstop market. And and this brings us all the way back to talking about Javier Baez right now will. and his opportunity. Yeah, and Javier Baez uh, that, sign with that the Cubs. Is, yeah, that's the Cubs situation. We'll get that in a second, Bruce. But, but again, the shortstop market is flooded with players who are relative veterans. Not, not that they're grizzled. Not that they're, but they're not 22. And and that the risk involved with Tatis and the Padres is that he's going to stay healthy. I don't think they feel like it's the risk that he's going to stay productive. And contracts are are framed, and you see it more and more in all pro sports. It's not about what you have accomplished it's about what you will accomplish and so that's a you know when you're when you're paying somebody 24 million dollars and projecting it out i don't know that they feel like it's 340 is a huge number it's it's unfathomable to to some people but i just don't know that they think it's like too much to invest in somebody that could be that big of a part of your future and baseball's future you know, again, I'm all for guys getting as much as they, they can, but uh, shouldn't you get your uniform dirty first, David, before they give you $340 million? Maybe. Again, yeah. he's a fabulous talent. He would have been a White Sox player, you know, one of the all-time worst trades by the Chicago White Sox for James Shields. But nonetheless, you know, that was five years ago. He's 22, hasn't played 150 games yet. Certainly an exciting talent, uh, probably – will be right up there in the top two or three players in the game if he stays healthy the next 10 years. But, David, you had contract control of him for five more years. I'll okay. repeat that. Five more years where you didn't have to pay him anything over than the first three years minimum, the next three years arbitration figures that would go from 10 to 15 to $20 million. Certainly he would be one of the higher-paid guys projected out in his fifth and sixth year, but really in a market uh, that's never drawn a lot of fans, that's a small market, 
you know, it's a suburb of Los Angeles, San Diego, and you have uh, that type of money given to $300 million to Machado two years ago, now 340 to this guy. Yeah, it's exciting. Yeah, they're going to be a great young team. It, they, they should bring San Diego baseball all the way to the top. Congratulations to them. But wow, what does it do to the marketplace? Well, definitely, those are questions that are that are worth asking and keeping an eye on in the context of the Cubs. You wonder what it means when the Padres invest $784 million on their infield. When you have Hosmer, you, when you have Machado, when you have Tatis Jr., their contracts in their totality, $784 million of investment. And so you wonder about the Cubs. And we heard from Javi, and earlier we heard from Bryant, and we heard from Rizzo. All of them want to stay, Bruce. All of them love being a Cub and playing at Wrigley Field. There's not that much money to go around. Tom Ricketts is unlikely to invest in all three guys. I, I'm saying that as, as my, I guess that's my opinion. I guess it is not necessarily fact yet. But what did you think about as you heard Rizzo to Bryant to Baez all those guys expressed their thoughts about wanting to become a Cub and how realistic or unrealistic those desires are. Well, I, th- I, th- I thought differently, David. I thought, I thought that um, hearing those guys talk about the openness of uh, Jed Hoyer's office and how uh, easy the conversations have been and how much they want to stay Cubs, I thought differently. I'm going to go... Pollyanna, Pollyanna on you all the way, okay? okay. And, and that is, after this, uh, again, a truncated year of uh, 2021 where fans will slowly get into the stands and maybe with uh, good luck as far as the health front goes, you know, the last uh, third of the season, uh, fans will be able to be in the stands totally. We keep our fingers crossed, but not likely everywhere, Okay. That being the case, in 2022, I project the Chicago Cubs back to being a team that can uh, gross five to six hundred million dollars again, not counting on, you know, 70 percent of the fans not to be uh, 70 percent of their revenues not being there because the fans aren't in the stands and a part of the game day situation. So projecting the payroll going further into 2022 and beyond uh, you're going to have uh, a lot of flexibility as to be able to pay still very young stars um, to stay around. Javier Baez, one of the top shortstops in baseball, one of the most exciting shortstops in baseball, one of the fan favorites at Wrigley Field forever. Uh, I think there's a great likelihood he's going to be there. Anthony Rizzo on a two-year extension for uh, $50 million. I think there's a good chance he's going to be there. Uh, Bryant seems to be the wild card in this as to whether there was a division between the Cubs and Bryant and Agent Scott Boris that couldn't be repaired going forward. We heard different rhetoric from uh, him this week. So I want to get your impressions on about this possibility that indeed two thirds of these guys could be back and all three is a possibility. Bruce, I think Anthony Rizzo makes a lot of sense. They should do that now. I think they should take advantage of March, sign him, lock him up, make a statement. Make a statement mm-hmm. because there's been a lot of kind of consternation over the offseason for a team that won a division going into spring training about what they haven't done. Heck, you heard it from Chris Bryant, who complimented the Dodgers and the Padres and said, basically, I don't know what happened here. I'm not privy to these kind of decisions. If you sign Anthony Rizzo, 
to a contract extension, a modest one as you described, absolutely that would make a statement. I'm with you on there. I'm with you on Baez. I think he's more signable. He is more amenable. And I love your Pollyanna-ish I, I, uh, approach. I, and I would invite Pollyanna to stay for breakfast if it weren't for <laughs> Scott Boris. Scott Boris being Chris Bryant's agent makes me hesitant to think that they can get all three on board, even though, even though, as I said earlier this week on the Mullion Haw Show, I believe the Cubs would be better served by keeping Chris Bryant in the fold, and I expect a big season out of him. So I'm not ruling that out either. Maybe that is a little bit overly optimistic, but hey, it's spring training. You have to be you know, positive and look at the bright side potentially if they do get fans back, if they start to spend some more money, and, and these guys have the kinds of seasons that they sound committed to having. Uh, you know, I, I'm with you. I, I just think that um, Chris Bryant's going to have a big year. I think if he stays healthy, and that's a big if, because uh, more than anything else, more than the guessing as to whether he'll ever be as good as 2016 when he was an MVP and he was an all-world player, uh, I think it's, it's all been about injuries since 2017 when he got beaned all the way on to other injuries and in his shoulders, his legs. Last year, multiple injuries. I, I don't I don't doubt the talent is still there. I do see that his talent was impacted and his mind was impacted by injury. Uh, I don't think there was any doubt about it. He wasn't even close to being a good player last year until the last week of the season. Only played in 34 games. Um, but I'll, I'll take Chris Bryant any day of the week as far as talent and ability at age 29 to be a top player in the league. If he stays healthy, uh, I'm, I'm with him. I think he's going to have a great comeback year. That's just my opinion and just comes from the fact of watching this guy play, knowing that uh, he has that type of ability. I, I think all three could have great seasons for the Cubs, and if they do, uh, I, I think uh, there's a chance they'll, they'll all be back. But again, I'm just projecting Tom Ricketts' money. I'm projecting uh, where... Uh, where Hoyer wants to go with his team, uh, making it a younger uh, team going forward. You still have to have star drawing ability. You still have to have veteran players that lead the way. And these these three guys are great examples of championship caliber baseball and guys that you want to be leaders. Bruce, the score listener lines powered by BetQL. Bet smarter and beat the books. Download the BetQL app today or visit BetQL.com. That is where we find Richard from Rogers Park, who has a thought on Chris Bryant. Good morning, Richard. Welcome inside the clubhouse. Hi, good morning. Thank you for taking my call. Um, you know, I, I I just feel like the Cubs may have painted themselves into a corner with Chris Bryant here. Um, I, I'd like to just make a comment and then hang up and get your thoughts. Um, obviously, if the Cubs are in a playoff situation where they could possibly get into the postseason and Chris Bryant is having a good year, you probably would not uh, trade him at the trade deadline. That means, because I don't think the Cubs are going to re-sign Chris Bryant, they basically will lose him and get nothing back in return. So I'll hang up and listen to your response on that. Thanks, Richard. Well, I think the worst-case scenario would be the Cubs letting Chris Bryant walk and get nothing in return but a draft pick, a compensatory draft pick. I think that's that's bad enough. To me, though, maybe I misstated. That's not the worst-case scenario. For me, maybe the worst-case scenario, Bruce, would be the Cubs are actually contending. The Cubs are off to a good start. Chris Bryant's off to a good start and doing all the things that he said that he was capable of doing when we heard from him earlier this week. And and they trade him anyway when they are maybe 
uh, ahead of the wild card standings, uh, a game behind the Cardinals, and it's July mm-hmm. 24th, and they trade Chris Bryant, who's in the midst of an all-star season. That would be wow. the worst-case scenario to me. The white flag trade going <laughs> 8.1 miles uh, north to, to Wrigley Field and the same scenario that uh, faced the Chicago White Sox uh, back in the day when they, they traded uh, a lot of their team when they were only three and a half games out of the division race in late July uh, to the San Francisco Giants. Yeah, uh, that, that's interesting. It, it really is. And it, it's going to be intriguing to watch because it can be sliced and diced so many different ways you know, as to uh, how how Bryant is set up. It, it's also interesting that Bryant's name is always the one, David. Yes. It's always the one talked about being traded. You never, ever hear, well, they're going to trade Rizzo or Baez is on the market and he's going to be traded this year. It always lands in the lap of Chris Bryant being the one that, uh, for some reason, whether it's Boris, whether it's going back to 2015 when they sent him to the minor leagues, uh, after dominating uh, spring training and bringing him back two weeks later. Uh, it always goes back to Bryant will, uh, and the Cubs are not on the same page. We heard differently this well, week. Let, yeah, and let me ask you about that before we go to a break, Bruce, because, and I haven't talked to you about this before, but I do wonder, you heard Chris Bryant compliment Jed Hoyer and their relationship. We have heard other players you know, compliment Jed Hoyer in the way that, you know, he's always maybe been the good cop uh, to maybe Theo's mm-hmm. bad cop. I, I don't want to. I don't want to say that. Maybe that's oversimplifying things. But how does Theo Epstein's absence from this equation does it affect it? Does it make it maybe different in terms of the context of those conversations? Do you think it makes it more or less likely to, to strike a deal starting with Bryant and then going down the road? Because Jed would approach this perhaps subtly different than maybe Theo would. I think that's a great question, David, and I'll answer it this way. I, I believe that the approach by the Cub organization with Hoyer and uh, representing Mr. Ricketts and Crane Kenny all involved will be the same. However, the message will be different, and I don't think I don't think the message would have been ever different with the O. Epstein. I think, as you said, uh, as personality goes, Jed is a more open, friendly type. Uh, Theo is a friendly type, but in a, a little bit more of a business way. Um, you know, Jed's the type of guy that you sit down at a counter at a restaurant or something and you're eating and, you know, 20 minutes later, you're talking like best friends. That's his personality. So I think you're seeing a difference in personality. I don't necessarily think you're going to see a difference in judgment by the Chicago Cubs when it gets down to their plan for the future. He's Bruce Levine. I'm David Haw. We're going to shift gears, Bruce. We're going to talk about Friday was White Sox Day on the score. We talked to Tony LaRusa in the morning on the Mullane Haw Show, and Tim Anderson was on with Danny Parkins, and you don't want to miss what he had to say. Both guys, very interesting. Their relationship and that dynamic, very compelling to keep an eye on for the White Sox. When we come back, we'll talk White Sox here on Inside the Clubhouse on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 
Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast tim don't become a politician on me you're the most you're you're the most honest athlete in chicago who cares if they blog about it if they podcast about it if they tweet about it who cares man just say what you feel you're the best team in the american league yeah we're the best team in the american league Welcome back to Inside the Clubhouse here on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score with Bruce Levine. I'm David Haw here for another segment, and that was Tim Anderson on The Score yesterday afternoon. Danny Parkins leading him down a road where we needed the dump button because Tim Anderson is as confident as they come, Bruce. We'll talk about uh, his relationship with Tony La Russa in a second, but we do have breaking news here on The Score, and that's brought to you by Mercedes-Benz Vans. Find out how far an extra mile really goes. Jose Abreu. The reigning American League MVP is in White Sox camp. The White Sox Twitter feed uh, sent out a posted a photo of Jose Abreu arriving after dealing with COVID complications. Good to see the big guy back in camp. The MVP reporting for work today. That's good news, Bruce. Yeah, it is, and we're hoping that uh, he uh, comes back and he retains his energy. You know, there is still consternation there about. Uh, his recovery and uh, he's 100% healthy to come back now. That's great. But as we saw with the Yon Mankata last year, uh, everybody reacts differently to having tested positive. So we're hoping the very best for Jose Abreu and the White Sox as they move forward. Jose Abreu will be entering a clubhouse. He commands respect. He will be entering a clubhouse that is a lively one, one of the liveliest in baseball, and that is because of the presence of guys like Tim Anderson, who is the catalyst for a lot of the confidence that the White Sox just exude. And his relationship with Tony La Russa, Bruce, I think, bears watching moving forward. It's gotten a lot of attention already. What are your expectations before we hear what we uh, what was said yesterday on the score on, on these airwaves 
What are your expectations and what's realistic between a 76-year-old manager returning to the dugout for the first time in, in a decade and a young shortstop who had kind of embodies all about what today's baseball player you know, is in terms of setting an example for exuberance? Well, LaRusso said it best, uh, you know, talking to you guys. He feels, you know, when, when he was on with you guys yesterday morning and listening to Mullion Hall every uh, weekday, certainly between uh, 5 and 9 right here on The Score, you, uh, you know, you brought out the best in him in some of your questions along with Mully, and uh, he said he has to fit in with this team. It's his job. They already have something good going, as he said. Uh, it's his his job to fit in, and uh, and he pointed the point of reference is, is it's easy. I, I don't think it's a big deal. I don't care how old you are. Uh, I think it's you know what's between your your ears and and how you communicate with people in your entire life. Tony Larusa has had some of the more charismatic, colorful players in the history of baseball play for him and play successfully and can communicate well. You know, going back to Ricky Henderson, going back mm-hmm. to Jose Canseco, going mm-hmm. back to Dennis Eckersley, striking people out and blowing uh, the smoke off of his gun after he strikes them out. Henderson, with more flair than anybody in baseball, uh, one of the more dynamic players in the history of the game, one of the best ever. Uh, I don't I don't see, you know, it's it's strictly an age bias thing that I see. You know, it's like if, if Tony La Russa was 56 right now, uh, going in, there wouldn't be any questions about it. But it, to me, it's he's 76, and can he relate? Well, if you paid attention to Tony Larusa's career, he didn't retire after 2011. He kept working with teams. He kept communicating with players. 2018, you, uh, they won a world championship in Boston. As him as a, a, a top advisor to Dave Dombrowski, the president and general manager. Every day, Tony Larusa was down there before the game, every day after the game, uh, in the clubhouse talking to players, players seeking him out for information and conversation. So this is a very relevant guy. I think 76 and the problems off the field uh, with the uh, DUIs, that that has certainly colored the judgment of a lot of people. But I, communication-wise, I don't see any problem. He, Tony LaRusso might be one of the great communicators in baseball history. That's a great point, Bruce, and I think that we talk about – I don't know if it has as much to do with the age, maybe for some people, but I do believe that Tony LaRusso's attitude toward just conformity, wanting his players to be – but he has has a history, as you point out, as well. So that, that balances that history of being yeah. tolerant for some of the most flamboyant personalities that we've seen in baseball the last generation. But this is what these two guys – had to say yesterday on the score about the dynamics of a relationship that will bear watching. Obviously, you know, with the hire, I didn't know him. He didn't know me. Um, so at that point, that didn't have my interest because, you know, when you're trying something new, you it's kind of weird at first. So, of course, you're not going to like it. Um, but, you know, as I got to camp and, you know, over the, over the off season, we exchanged texts and kind of got on the same page and built the relationship, got to spring training. We had one-on-one, sit down, talk. Count's been going good. He's going to let me play. He's going to let me do what I do. <laughs> He's going to let me bat flip. No, I just want to. No, no, be, be honest. He's going to let me have fun, man. He's going to let me have fun. He's going to let me, you know, nothing's going to change. Nothing's going to change. And uh, and he's going to put us in the best, you know, position to be, you know, to be winners. And, uh, you know, uh, the best position to be uh, to be great. 
and uh, you know, I kind of like I like I like what I'm what I'm seeing, and I like you know conversations, and I like you know everything that's going on in camp right now. I like it. I'm working as hard as I can to be part of the White Sox family. Tim and the guys who are here are the family. So, assuming that I that, that my work uh, is good and uh, and I get to be a part of them, I will not in any way not protect and promote and try to make members of the family better. So there's an old saying, you don't coach aggressiveness out of players. And somebody has talked about it several times. You know, when you deal with Ricky Henderson and Dave Henderson, Dave Parker, you know, Eck, you know, over the years, and, you know, Jimmy Edmonds, I mean, these guys, you know, they got a flair, and, 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 and the fans enjoy it. But the, pro- the point is, and this is what Tim has, Tim has a burning desire to compete and be part of a winner. And that's what those guys did. So we're not going to have a problem. And I know as long as we compete as hard as we can, and in the end, what you say is, like if we play the Twins, if it's a game that they beat us, tip our cap. You beat us today, we'll come back tomorrow and try to get you. That was Tony LaRusso yesterday on the Mullion Haw Show. Before that, Tim Anderson on with Danny Parkins, Bruce. And you were exactly right. I mean, and Tony LaRusso pointed out what you said. He has a, a history of dealing with some flamboyant players and Tim Anderson is the latest. If they win, he's going to be a lot more tolerant of some of these, uh, uh, I don't want to call them outbursts, to some of these shows of bravado. But if they don't win, you're going to see less of them anyway because not everyone's going to be, you know, they're not going to be winning, so there's not going to be as much to brag about. Yeah, you know, a tolerance, that's an an interesting way to put it, David, because it's all about baseball old-world protocol and uh, don't show up the other team. Well, those days are gone in baseball and maybe for the for the good of the game because personality is being shown. But you cannot be Tim Anderson, go out there and hit 220 and show that flair. You have to be Tim Anderson hitting 340 going out there and showing your flair because that ain't going to fly unless you're doing it on the field. So that's a motivating force for Tim Anderson. That's part of why he's good is because he motivates himself with his full energy and his full mind about who he is and how he plays the game. I think that's it's fantastic. But if you can't back it up, uh, then then you're crossing the line. Then you're then you have problems with your own teammates. Then you have problems with other people. But uh, from a motivating force, fantastic. Because uh, Tim Anderson has been able to talk the talk and walk the walk, and and that's that's a great thing in sports. We we love players like that in sports. The Sox are flashy. I mean, they really are. When you talk about Tim Anderson to Yoan Mankata to Luis Robert, this is a team that has no lack of confidence. And you see the back end of the bullpen, Liam Hendricks, kind of fits in ideally into that mix. This is somebody full of personality. This team, if things go the way that they should, if they get off to the kind of start, the, the, the questions about Tony LaRusso's and, Tony LaRusso and his ability to adapt and to adjust and to kind of bridge the gap between the last time he managed and now, they're going to go away. I think right now is a topic of conversation because, Bruce, it is kind of unusual to have a manager, regardless of his age, be out of the game for 10 years and return to the job. And I think you see some of that novelty in the way that Tony LaRusso talks about what he has watched every day. It's like something new he sees. He's in a museum and, oh, did you see that sculpture? Boy, Louis Robert looks good. And, oh, my gosh, it's indescribable what I'm watching. When Tony LaRusso has talked about the talent on the White Sox, it's like he's describing 
the art at a museum. He doesn't know what to say, but everything strikes him as, as wow, I, this, is, this is wonderful. It's majestic. It's great. You know, as a great manager, you, you learn to stay out of the way, but, uh, you know, put yourself forward when it's needed. Uh, no better example than uh, Jack McKeon with the Marlins back in uh, 2003, uh, taking them all the way to a world championship. Uh, you know, step in, you know, know that your presence is there, step away and let your guys do their thing. And I think that's what you're going to see in Tony La Russa. You're not going to see him taking the step forward as being the face of the White Sox. You know, Bruce, that stuff off the field in the clubhouse, those dynamics we will continue to watch to kind of evaluate and certainly have opinions because that's the fun stuff. On the field, on the field, let's wait and see. Tomorrow the White Sox go, go back and, and resume and begin their action against the Brewers. Mike Wright is going to be on the mound, and on Monday the Cubs will be back in action, and we will have plenty to talk about next week when we – get back to inside the clubhouse and all week on the score, whether it's on Mullane Hall, whether it's on Bernstein and Rahimi, whether it's on Lawrence Holmes or Parkins and Spiegel. Tune in for the baseball talk that we will deliver. This was a lot of fun today, Bruce. We thank uh, Aaron Bummer of the White Sox and Nico Horner of the Cubs. Uh, people can follow me on Twitter at MLB Bruce Levine. I write Cubs and White Sox on our website at 670thescore.com every day. David, lots of fun. Have a great week. Thanks, Bruce. Look forward to talking to you throughout the week. I look forward to debating you on the Mullen Haw Show as, as often as we have you on. And thank you for listening here on Inside the Clubhouse. Stay tuned here on Chicago Sports Radio 670 Score. DePaul basketball is next. You've been listening to Inside the Clubhouse for Bruce Levine. I'm David Haw. Thanks for listening. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.